$10.99 in theory, uh, that type of worker basically is making their own schedule. Um, not necessarily always making their own schedule, but the, the dogs or the projects, if you want to call them that, are their own. And then basically they can set their own schedule. So a shop owner wouldn't be able to tell a 1099 person, I need you here on Monday um, to work from 10 till five. The bottom line is the 1099 contractor has a project of a dog or these dogs. And as long as these dogs get done by a deadline that's a agreed upon uh, between the uh, contractor and the um, and the person who's hired them, um, then the contract is considered completed. This is Ryan Alvarez with Grooming Unleashed, and I wanted to let you guys know that I told you when I first started this podcast, I was going to be uh, diving deep into a lot of different areas of the industry, such as nutritionists and <clears throat> doctors, therapists, groomers that are competitive, judges, uh, shop owners, I mean, as much as you can think of. So one of the things that I think is going to benefit you guys is uh, uh, having little mini tax questions as far as the, you know, things that business owners and even individual groomers have. So I am introducing you to my brother, Stephen Alvarez, who is a a professional tax consultant. So um, without further ado, I introduce you to Stephen Alvarez. Hey, hey, you found us. This is Grooming Unleashed, where we learn and talk about the ins and outs of the pet grooming industry. From pro groomers and salon owners to show hosts and dog handlers, We'll jump into the stressful and crazy stories of the day-to-day -day operations of the crazy world of grooming. I'm your host, Ryan Alvarez. Our podcast is sponsored by Loyalty Pet Products. Loyalty Pet Products provides quality grooming tools and accessories at an affordable price. From shears to stripping knives to smocks and hammocks, Loyalty Pet Products has an essential tool to fit your expectation and style. Use code UNLEASHED to save 10% today. Loyalty Pet Products, uniquely designed, beautifully priced. Hey everybody, this is Ryan Alvarez with Grooming Unleashed. This is episode 10, and we are going to start tackling some pretty serious stuff in regards to business questions. And we're going to be talking about taxes. I know it's not a fun word, but Everyone has to do it. And I uh, brought along my other talented brother. Uh, you've already heard Kevin Alvarez on marketing, and uh, you've heard my wife, Jazair, on entering competing for the first time. And now you are going to be able to uh, hear my other brother, Steven Alvarez. And uh, basically, he is a tax professional, and he's been doing it ever since college. And Stephen, why don't you go ahead and tell everyone a little bit about yourself and your background? Okay, hello everyone out there. Um, my name is Stephen Alvarez. I've uh, been doing uh, tax accounting first on the uh, in the private sector with the New York Yankees. Um, 
in my starting in my senior year in college. I had my business degree in business administration and a minor in accounting. And I did that for 11 years. And then shortly after that, I started getting into the world that our father uh, had been doing for since the early 70s um, of uh, public accounting and got into practice with him roughly in the middle of the 2000s and have been doing that ever since. Um, like the public accounting a little bit more because it's not the same old thing. Uh, everyone's got a different situation uh, with their taxes or their businesses. So it makes it fun. And I also it, um, love helping out those small businesses uh, and trying to take them to another level. All right, good deal. So, and then you mentioned <clears throat> our dad, Jose, who unfortunately um, passed away a few years ago unexpectedly. So uh, I, I know that that was one of the things that you were kind of unsure as to carry on the business at one point. And I know it was definitely stressful working with family. Um, and we've all done it actually. So um, I'm, I'm glad that you're still doing it because you've been able to, to see my small business uh, grow as well with loyalty pet products, but also with Jazair's uh, company and, and brand, uh, you've seen that grow as well. So what are some of the main questions that you hear from a small business starting out as far as taxes go, like what's what's the main question that you hear from somebody who's kind of starting out? Well, uh, first, don't sell yourself short. Um, I'm still stressed um, uh, working <laughs> with family. Uh, that hasn't stopped uh, every year. I'm not. Uh, I'm not your it, best. I'm not your best client. <laughs> it happens again and again. But um, no, the, the one of the first things, especially if it's someone that's uh, starting a business, is uh, what type of business um, should I be? And everyone seems to think, oh, I, I should be an LLC. And usually when I ask people that question, why, they say, well, I don't know, that's what I hear, LLC. Um, and usually there's nothing wrong with an LLC. It does give you protection um, at the state level, but it doesn't give you, um, it doesn't, it doesn't change your tax uh, effects as far as the IRS is concerned. So um, an LLC um, is, while it's not a bad thing at all, it's sometimes we, we usually like to have someone take it another step further um, and, and become a different type of entity um, so that we can try to help keep more money in their pocket. So you would be referring to an S corporation, like for example, that's what we are. We're an S corporation, and it was the same thing with me when I was talking to Dad <clears throat> back in 2014, and I was putting my business together with, um, you know, SunBiz in Florida, and I did the same thing. I was like, yeah, I want to do LLC because that's what I had heard, and of course, you hear those two words, limited liability, and you think that's the best for for me. But Dad's the one that suggested I do S corporation. And, a, and an LLC can still be an S corporation. Um, as I said, the S corporation is recognized by the IRS. Uh, the IRS doesn't recognize the LLC um, for tax purposes. Uh, that's why, again, I don't tell someone not to be an LLC, 
but I do say that we should take it a step further, uh, become an S corporation, and it kind of helps us have a little bit more control um, on the tax part of uh, uh, your business, um, because that's the thing, you do have a business, whether you are actually opening up a full-fledged storefront business, or if you just happen to be a groomer um, or other uh, small business um, that's working for someone independently as a contractor, in theory, you are a business. So we try to help treat you as a business. <clears throat> yeah, so our topic for this first one, and you and I discussed this, and I'm going to give you a little bit of a background just so you understand where this is kind of coming from. Uh, so there's a huge debate in the, in the grooming forum and the grooming industry as far as W-2 versus 1099. And the reason it's a big debate is because, uh, unfortunately, a lot of salon owners uh, have slash do take advantage of groomers uh, by trying to avoid taxes that they owe their employees. And what that means is, so uh, the legal way, if a salon owner has an employee that they have a schedule for, is W-2. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It has to be a W-2 employee. The issue is, and this happened to my wife, and, the, and it was something that you caught on to. And of course, just like myself, you know, we were new to the grooming industry uh, when I met Jazair. And <clears throat> she was getting paid as a 1099, but she's, she was being told when to come in. So she had a schedule. She didn't have her, you know, her own dogs. It was the, the shop's dogs. And she was getting paid as a 1099, which means that she had to pay taxes out of her own pocket. Um, so the big debate, and unfortunately, not everyone is educated on this because they don't have a brother who's a CPA, um, is that they just assume that 1099 is illegal. And that's not the case. So can you delve into that a little bit as to the difference between a W-2 and a 1099? And then we'll stop after that and kind of go into little um, different variations of the benefits of both. Sure. Uh, well, again, like you said, the first thing is um, a lot of the, the difference, the biggest difference is um, maybe the word that I you know, want to use is control. Um, when you're working for someone as a W-2 employee, they basically control your schedule when you're supposed to work, you know, within reason, obviously there are some, there's still some laws as far as how much you can be worked and all that. But I'm saying in theory, your schedule can be eight to five or this many days or this many hours. And if you decide that you don't want to come in and work, well, then that employer has the choice to go ahead and say, I, you don't need to work here anymore. Uh, and you lose your, your job. Um, a 1099, in theory, uh, that type of worker basically is making their own schedule. Um, not necessarily always making their own schedule, but the, the dogs or the projects, if you want to call them that, are their own and then basically they can set their own schedule so a shop owner wouldn't be able to tell a 1099 person i need you here on monday um, to work from 10 till 5. the bottom line is the 1099 contractor has a project of a dog or these dogs and as long as these dogs get done 
by a deadline that's a agreed upon uh, between the um, contractor and the um, and the person who's hired them, um, then the contract is considered completed. Whether the dog got groomed at six in the morning, four o'clock in the afternoon, or midnight. That's, that's in theory, the difference. One is that you're, the, the, the 1099 contractor has more control of their schedule, whereas the W-2 employee is being controlled as far as when they need to work by the employer. Um, obviously, there's the, the payroll tax difference. The W-2 employee has payroll taxes taken out for them, Social Security and Medicare, and probably some withholding, whereas the 1099 contractor is basically responsible for their end, their own Social Security and Medicare taxes and basically are matching their own as the employer themselves. Uh, most people don't realize that when they are a 1099 contractor, they th in theory are in business and have a business. And that is where some people just don't realize that and that's where we may decide it's in their best interest that we decide to make them an S corporation and actually a business per se, so that they can actually have a little bit more control of the taxes that are being paid in. Um, by that, I mean an S corporation, for instance, if you're just a 1099 and a Schedule C and you make $30,000, you're gonna be paying almost 15.3% just in um, just in self-employment taxes, not to mention you're also gonna pay income tax on that. Whereas an S corporation, you wouldn't be paying on that same amount, you would not be paying the self-employment taxes. You would only be paying the income tax on it. Um, again, it starts to get a little bit more complicated where it's easier to kind of show things to people, but an S corp, uh, a independent contractor or 1099 contractor can sometimes benefit more um, by being that than an employee can uh, because they're able to take deductions that the employee can't. For instance, the mileage going to the project or the job, um, uh, the job that they're performing per se, uh, the bank going to the bank, going to get supplies, buying your grooming uh, supplies if needed. Um, um, uh, buy the, the supplies themselves that you, you get are an expense. Those things you will not be able to write off on a, as a W-2 employee. Um, so there is some give and take with both. Um, and again, sometimes you're not in con complete control of how you're being treated based on the uh, owner of a shop unless you're actually your own your own boss um, and at that point you can actually dictate how you want to handle things um, even for a small business um, when I say small business I'm saying a 1099 contractor um, we still may decide that we want to do some payroll um, we start getting into a little bit more detail there that starts getting a little bit more complicated but obviously some people depending on kids they may have and um, other potential deductions, it more, might be more beneficial to actually have a little bit of payroll, even for their quote unquote business. Um, that way they're actually getting 
some credits that the government offers because of what they're making. Um, again, that's, that's something that's diving in a little bit more deeper, but from the outset, I mean, that's um, two of the biggest things. The difference is that control being in control or being controlled <laughs> per se. So basically at 1099, uh, if someone's a 1099 right now that is paying rent, if, and it depends on the state too, it, states differ. So like mm -hmm. there's some states that don't allow, and, and I did more research before the podcast. So like there are some states that do not allow um, certain salons, whether it be a barbershop or even, you know, a grooming salon to rent out um, in different states. So for example, if it is a legal state where they can rent out, um, you know, different booths, apparently the owner is not allowed to have that same profession is what I'm understanding. So if you and I owned a grooming shop, we can't, and we're groomers, we can't rent out booth space to other groomers. We can rent out booth space to a different profession, um, which I'm not expecting you to know this, but um, that's, that's just what I read. So the whole 1099 thing also, the reason that it's kind of gotten sour taste in a lot of people's mouths in the grooming industry is the fact that it's really hard for people to follow all the strict rules for the 1099 to actually be completely legal. Um, so right. it does, every state varies. I mean, that, yeah. that is no, I mean, even just now in California, they've, they've tried implementing a, 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 a law that basically they're trying to go away from the contractor. So it's more kind of the Uber law. And what they're trying to do is making it where those Uber drivers and Lyft drivers are not 1099s that they have to be W2 employees. Well, what that's done in effect is it's created some other companies like newspapers or, or people that write articles from actually saying, we can't do your work anymore. We can't hire, we can't hire you for that $50 report or that $100 uh, article because we can't afford the payroll taxes and pay you as an employee. Mm -hmm. So again, every, every state has got their different roles. I mean, I'm in my mind, I'm still not sure how the difference between a, a grooming salon, a grooming shop and a, um, a barber shop or a beauty salon that has their booths rented. I'm not sure I understand the difference there. I'm going to have to look more into that. Um, but in reality, uh, if, if you, someone already did have a business set up for themselves and someone wanted to come in and work, um, you know, as a contractor for someone, I'm, I'm not sure how, how they, how they could get not get away with that because again if you're just hiring a business an existing business to do work for you as opposed to hiring an individual um it becomes a little you know it, it becomes a, a it could be a potential war between um you know a particular business owner and the and the state that they're in um you know what came first the chicken or the egg um again if I want to hire a company to come in my business and do work for me, um, then I should be allowed to do that. Uh, the difference would be though, if I decided to hire an individual first and then after a while say, okay, maybe you should become a business. So again, it becomes, it does become tricky and every state's going to be different. So you still have to investigate 
um, with the rules for your state. But, uh, you know, um, again, it's, it, it gets to be a little touchy. I don't think that they worry about it too much. Again, on the smaller businesses, it's when things start getting a little bit bigger um, or you start getting the, your, um, your larger stores um, that are, you know, having 15, 20, 25 groomers working in their places. Um, those are the ones that are going to be attacked more for not uh, paying uh, people there as W-2s, as opposed to your smaller mom and pop um, uh, pet groomer that's, you know, maybe has one person or two people total uh, working in their facility. But let's go back to that mom and pop shop. If they are doing if they are paying that one individual as a 1099 and that person's being told to come in certain hours and stuff like that, that individual that's listening to the podcast right now should most likely uh, proceed with turning into an S corporation, correct? Um, the individual that is being contracted out, it would be in their best interest too, yes. And in theory, uh, that shop owner is probably doing something they're not supposed to be doing correct um that because you are like i said you are i have an i have a perfect example i have a client that has a uh, a day spa and all um, all of her people are, are are contractors um they're the ones that set their own schedules and when they come in they have booths now granted i told my my client that you know these people are getting more benefits than than they even realized as far as not paying some of the credit card fees and uh, getting supplies uh, offered to them that they're not paying for. But she told me that their December wasn't that busy of a month. Um, and I asked her why. And she said, well, because everyone took off. And I'm like, why would they not want to work on what potentially is one of your bigger tipped months? And she's like, because they didn't have to, they're contracted and they choose their own schedule. Yeah. And she's absolutely right. So in that regard, she's doing it right. Now, if she told someone to be in on a Saturday or a particular day and they don't show up, they don't come back, then, then she, can't, she has no right to do that because they are not employees. So, so it's either the, pers- the people are employees or they're not. Um, and in that respect, yes, as if I was seeing this from an outside perspective and seeing someone is working for a groomer and they're a 1099, my first thought for them is let's create a business for you because I want to make sure that I keep more money in your pocket and treat yourself as a business that if you end up moving on and going to another groomer or even starting on your own, you've already got that business set up. So even if you do go work for another groomer and they're also in the 1099 model, when you go to fill out that W-9 form, you're not putting your name down anymore. You're putting your business down. And then that makes it a lot easier going forward. All right, let's let's shake up the industry here a little bit. <laughs> I'm going to play devil's advocate because obviously, you know, the shop that we own, we, we do it the right way. We, we're, we have W-2 employees. So let's, we're going to keep going back to the mom and pop shop. So uh, they have a 1099 employee quote unquote, illegally, because they're putting that person on schedule. They tell their said 
1099 employee. Um, here's where you're coming in uh, Saturday from nine to six. And that groomer says, I am, I'm leaving town that Saturday. I'm going to a wedding. She gets fired. Okay. Because she doesn't come in and they don't agree with her not taking that day off. They're in some really legal heat right now. Right. Because of that. Yeah, they could be. Yeah, first off, they wouldn't technically be firing them. They would. They would really. The reality is, you'd be. Uh, well, you would. They would be fired, and but but not as an employee. They'd be fired as a contractor. Um, now the difference is, and again, this is where it does get touchy, is because, in theory, projects like if you want to treat each dog as a project that it's one and done and it's over. Uh, usually there is a particular time schedule and you can't say, Oh um, yeah, we just need to get this dog groomed by uh, next week. Usually that's not the case. It's a, it's a shorter time frame for whatever reason, whether it's that's when the owner wants it uh, uh, completed and needs to be done today. So in that respect, that, that contractor didn't fulfill their duties of completing the project on time. Um, but yes, they could be because they are technically not allowed to be given a schedule of a normal time of this is when you're coming in. Um, it's here's a project, here's your deadline. And as long as it gets done before the deadline, then you should be okay as far as putting in those guidelines. Most shop owners don't do that um, just because it's just expected that this dog is on the schedule for this day and this time. And then that means that the dog will be finished within a couple hours and then that's it. So there it's just an implied that we have a contract agreement for each of these dogs again. And that's the other thing. Most people are not going to go through that process of having a quote unquote contract for each project, each dog um, every single time there's a new dog coming in. So it's just implied. Okay here are these, this many dogs, and you're going to be getting those dogs done today. Um, yes, the contractor would have a legal uh, argument to go and um, uh, raise an issue with, um, you know, the whatever department, whichever uh, legal uh, aspect they want to go after, whether it's um, employee practices or uh, the state as far as filing a grievance. Um, with uh, the way that they were handling their business, which potentially could open the door for a um, the state of Florida or the state of whatever state you're in coming in and doing a check to see if that person should have been 1099 or not. Uh, that could lead, that could uh, rack up multiple uh, payroll taxes and penalties for the owner, um, which will add up when you count interest penalties and however long time uh the time frame that this pr uh, practice has been going on for um it could potentially also bring the irs into it because if the state determines that someone should have been treated as an employee then the irs will also say that that person should have been an employee and payroll taxes should have been paid to that person um, to the irs as well so it can become a potentially very, uh, very expensive pro uh, chance to take as far as a shop owner is concerned, and if would, not handled properly. Would you say if the IRS at that point 
like kind of gets tipped off to that and they do get involved that there's a very good chance that the shop would be audited well yeah well like i said they they may be asking some questions um that if you do not have enough backup to prove that that person was a true contractor then the irs has every right to determine make their own determination that this was not a contractor it was an employee and if they're saying it's, it was an employee that, that so much that you should have been paying so much money per quarter um, per time frame for this uh, individual and we're you know depending on the time frame that this person worked with them we're talking it could be you know a couple years that's a lot of penalties that have added up and and an interest um so what do you Over do? Last couple years. What do you do if an employee? Um, and again, uh, we've got really intelligent listeners, and there's a lot of intelligent people in the grooming industry. There's just uneducated people in terms of like taxes and things like that. What do you well, say? The, to, yeah. Well, the I was gonna that say no what one you, likes the things that no one likes to do. <laughs> so, yeah. and again, and I telling everyone that's listening out there, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with not knowing. Um, Sometimes, like I said, I'm not going to try and groom a dog because I don't know anything about it. Um, and sometimes it's that like that commercial, stay in your lane, do what you know, and let someone else handle the other things. But yeah, I'm here. We're here to help educate a little bit just on the cusp enough that uh, you know a little bit more than you did yesterday. Um, but it's not your it's not their job to know everything about how taxes are dealt with so that's why we're trying to help with that well, i was going to say though what do you do with an employee that is being treated as a 1099 and maybe the shop owner listens to this podcast and they're like oh crap we have to we have to switch everybody over to a w-2 because i'm just not feeling good about this 1099 business and the employee says i don't want to switch over to w-2 what do you do in that regard um i would definitely say if that was the case that they have that they put something in writing first off that the the very next thing that would need to be done is that that 1099 individual becomes a business so that now it's a as an s corporation and 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 a even a c corporation which i do not suggest for a small business but as an s corporation shop owner would not technically be uh, liable to give a uh, 1099 per se because to an s corporation you don't normally have to do that doesn't mean i wouldn't say to still not do it i would still say to do it just in case but you'd be doing it to a 10 uh, an s corporation or to a business as opposed to an individual and that will kind of put a little bit of a a different a little bit of a distance between that that the gray area of a 1099 contractor and an employee and then to wrap this up uh because we're like i said we're going to do a series of tax questions and and try to keep it brief but would you say that if someone's listening right now that is running a business that has 1099 employees or contractors and they're listening to this and they're not a hundred percent sure if they're doing it the legal way that their best interest would be to switch over their employees to W2. 
Uh, I believe it would be. Um, it would be the it would be the best case uh, for them to do that. Uh, and again, being early enough as it is right now, as we as we're speaking, um, being in January, it's as good a time as any to do that. Um, I know that people may listen to this at other times, but yes, the earlier the better, just to kind of put um, a stop to the old tactics and going forward, um, treating it uh, properly. Again, um, sometimes people do things to save um, nickels and dimes, and what ends up potentially happening is it's costing them thousands of dollars. And in the long run, it ends up not being worth it. So it's always better to be on the safe side. Right, right. Um, all right, awesome. So our, our next topic that we're going to get into uh, when you're available is going to be uh, how to properly set aside taxes for your W-2 employees. And then uh, some other topics in the near future would be, um, you know, what are considered uh, tax write-offs in terms of going to seminars and, uh, you know, grooming trade shows and things like that. Uh, so just stay tuned. And uh, Stephen, I want to thank you for your time. I know it's going to get busy here in the next few months for you, but where, where can groomers reach out to you? Um, if, if they would like to, to know more or if there's business owners that would like to consult with you? Um, well, you can always reach out to us at uh, alvarezcpa.com, uh, www.alvarezcpa.com. Um, and then there's a contact us uh, on the upper right. You can go ahead and fill that out. Um, you can send it to salvarez at alvarezcpa.com. Or you can always email us at Alvarez, A-L-V-A-R-E-Z, at alvarezcpa.com. And then we can go ahead and try to um, figure out something from there. All right. Sounds good, man. Uh, thank you. Always a pleasure to speak with you. And uh, thank you so much for your time. And for all of you guys that are listening, I hope this was uh, helpful and informative. And Stephen, and until we talk again. All right. Sounds great. All right. Thank you. We appreciate all of you out there who are following and enjoying the podcast. If you could leave a glowing review for Grooming Unleashed, it would mean a lot to us, as well as sharing with your grooming friends, coworkers, bosses, and anyone else in the industry. Uh, it would mean a lot. It also would mean a lot if you would visit our sponsor, Loyalty Pet Products, at www.loyaltypetproducts.com. And don't forget, you can use the code UNLEASHED to save 10% off of your next order. Thank you very much for our sponsorship, Loyalty Pet Products, and thank you to all of you guys who are listening to us at Grooming Unleashed. We appreciate you and your support.